The evil that men do lands on. We gonna bang your head! You are now listening to the Music Mania podcast, a hard-hitting show featuring all things hard rock and heavy metal. And now here are your hosts, the twins of chaos, Clint Switzer and Paul Lagana. Locked and loaded, back at you. It's the Music Mania Podcast. It's Clint Schweitzer. It's Paul Lagana, and we are so happy for you to be joining us because we have a very special guest today. We're going to be talking with Kicks guitarist and Rhino Bucket guitarist Brian Forsyth coming up here. Going to have some great questions for him because I am such a huge Kicks fan that this is a big moment. I love Kicks. It's I'm an unabashed just fan of theirs and their music and the albums specifically Midnight Dynamite and Blow My Fuse. Going to ask him so many questions about. Uh, the Kicks' tour coming up this summer, their album that came out in 2014, all going to be covered with Brian Forsyth. Paul, great to have you alongside. Can't wait to talk to Brian, man. It's going to be a huge pleasure having him on to talk to us. Clint, it's always great to be here, my brother. And I, I will ask everybody again, please, Facebook, Twitter, and download us on iTunes for free. And let us know how you feel, because we are very, very interested in that. We always want to hear from you guys. We appreciate the feedback. Good, bad, apathetic. It's all good either way. And I'll tell you what, um, Brian Forsyth, great guitar player, great guy. Going to be talking to him about, I mean, I know Brian had a very public um, issue with substance abuse and that he was actually in jail in the late 90s. Not a good era for Brian, but he was able to bounce back reformed kicks in 2003 they've been going at it ever since playing shows on the a lot of in the northeast but here they are playing a lot of shows this summer um you know out and about minnesota tennessee they're coming coming out of their um element a little bit and that's going to be great to see them hope we can catch up with kicks sometime they're one of my favorite bands from the 80s i love those albums midnight dynamite blow my fuse one of my favorite songs ever is cold blood the title track blow my fuse just great stuff very and as you brought up to me one time and i agree with this they're very acdc influenced Right. There's no questioning that. And that's what I'm going to ask him about as well, because uh, when I first heard them, I honestly thought I was listening to an ACDC tune. Um, the influence is, is unbelievable to me, and uh, I, I've been a big fan of theirs for a very long time. Uh, I got introduced to them back in the uh, late 80s like everybody else, but I, the when I heard Blow My Fuse for the first time, I honestly thought that was ACDC. Well, it's a great time to go ahead and bring on our guest at this time. He is the guitarist from both Kicks and Rhino Bucket, Brian Damage Forsyth. Brian, welcome to the show, man. How's everything going in your world, buddy? Brian, how are you? Uh, it's going great so far today. <laughs> that, absolutely. I mean, you can't you can't complain too much out there. I'm sure it's a nice poultry uh, 80 degrees. I'm just picturing it now. Uh, nice sunny day. I'm <laughs> just assuming there's not a lot to complain about out there these days. No, it's pretty consistent out here. <laughs> well, Brian, you guys are getting ready to gear up. You're, you're going to have a busy summer ahead with kicks, a lot going on. This, the tour really gets underway here um, at the end of April as you guys uh, head to the M3 Festival in Baltimore. This is one of the busiest summers that you guys have had in quite in a while, man. This is this is big. A lot of dates outside the Northeast in Minnesota and Tennessee. I mean, you guys, you guys are going to be pretty busy, aren't you? Yeah, we were. Uh, actually, last year was really busy, too, but... Uh, you know, looking at the calendar this year, uh, especially July, it's just like nonstop, it seems. <laughs> that, that's a good thing, though, right? So what'd you say? That, that's a good thing, for sure, though, is it not? 
Yeah, in fact, that's what I was going to add. <laughs> I was going to say redundant. That definitely is a good thing. So you guys start at the M3 Festival, which is just something that uh, Kicks has become kind of a regular at this event. Uh, it's, it's such a big event out there at the Merriweather Pavilion in Baltimore. You guys are a Maryland band. How big is that event for you guys? This is the, you know, you guys have been there several times, but, I mean, how cool is it? I mean, you guys, I think, are, are second up on the bill behind just Vince Neal that on uh, Saturday night, the 29th, or Friday, I believe, Friday the 29th, sorry. And what is that event, how big is that for you guys, and how important is that to play in front of kind of a pro-kicks crowd out there? Well, it, it is. It's a huge, you know, it's a huge turnout. And, uh it's it's one of those you know it's a nice it's one of those outdoor amphitheater type situations so you know you look out and it's just a sea of people and they have the you know the seating underneath the pavilion but then there's the whole lawn you know beyond that and it's just as far as you can see there's people so you know it, it's just it's just a great feeling to walk out there and see that, you know? Well, you you formed uh, what became Kicks back in 1977. It wasn't Kicks yet. But you guys, you think about your career and playing the clubs around Baltimore and in Maryland and the Northeast and just gaining a name for yourself. What's it like, you know, um, you know, 30-plus years later, playing a festival like this in front of fans that have never gone away, have always been such Kicks fans, and you guys are really more popular now than you've ever been, I would say. Yeah, it's kind of strange, you know, when you think about it. <laughs> but, yeah, because when we started, man, I, I was only, what, 20 years old or so, and, and uh, you know, and I remember Donnie talking about, you know, his whole goal was to write original songs and get a record deal, and, and I didn't hadn't even thought about it that far. You know, at that point in my life, I was just having fun playing. It, I didn't even think about record deals. <laughs> I just thought about you know getting a few gigs here and there, and uh, you know to be able to still be doing it this long after that, and you know it, it's just it's amazing. And I think, uh, especially in our area, I think. You know, the fact that we sort of went away a little while and then we came back. And um, I think that kind of, it kind of worked in our favor. And, and the other thing is, you know, our fans, they all grew up and then they had kids and now their kids are coming out to see us. So we have like, you know, several generations from yeah. the same families. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's what's wonderful about this genre of music is that it seems to breed that kind of fandom. And, you know, I mean, you guys reformed back in 2003. You've done a new album uh, that came out. Uh, wh what about plans going forward as far as uh, new music is concerned? Have you guys, uh, I know you've signed a new record deal. What's uh, what's the plans going forward? Can we Are we expected to see some new music from Kicks coming out in the next few years? Or what do you think is uh, going to be the case on that? Yeah, we've been, we've been talking about that recently. And, uh... Well, that was the whole thing when we signed with Loud and Proud to put out this record we just put out. Um, the agreement was to do the initial record and then a follow-up. So, you know, it's it's probably about that time to start, you know, putting stuff together and and, uh, and writing some songs for the next one. So that's definitely in the works. That'll be great to see. I mean, the last one was great. I uh, absolutely love it and love hearing new stuff from you guys. And I mean, what? how, how important was it for you? I mean, I know uh, 
and I'll tell you just right now, Steve Whiteman, one of my favorite front men of the entire era in rock and roll. I mean, he just has this un- the quirkiest exuberance I've ever seen. I think on stage, he just he, and he's not missed a beat. Like, how important was that you to to reform with Kicks back in '03 when you guys put this thing back together again and did it the right way? It was it was funny because uh, I hadn't talked to those guys in probably ten years, close to ten years, and. Uh, Really, the only guy that I had talked to in, in that time. Well, I saw. Uh, I actually kept in touch with Ronnie, so I would talk to him. But I hadn't talked to Steve. And then uh, at, at one point, Steve called me, and, and he was he was doing the funny money thing. And Ronnie had his blues vultures, and they used to do shows together. And at the end of the night, they would Ronnie would get up with Steve with Funny Money, and they would do several kick songs, and it used to get over like really well. So Steve actually called me to see if I'd be interested in like making this surprise appearance at one of their gigs and, and you know, and, and have all of us up there. And, um, you know, I was, I thought about it and then that for some reason that initial thing never came about that we were going to do, but it got us talking about putting it back together. And, and, um, uh, we well, we had no idea it was going to end up like it has. <laughs> we were just going right. to do one-off shows here, you know, around Baltimore or something, just as like a, a reunion thing, and, and just have some fun with it. And when we did that, when we put it together and did like the first couple shows, it was just you know the turnout was just like crazy, way way beyond our expectation. So you know there was no way we could ignore that. And we just saw the potential, you know, wow, you know, we could really have some fun here and make a little bit of money, too. And I, and I think also at that point, you know, everybody had day jobs and, you know, it's always a bummer that if you're a musician, you have to have a day job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that was kind of that was kind of our way out to get out of that that situation. So, Brian, you've been pretty forthright in your uh, substance abuse and uh, hitting rock bottom. Uh, you were jailed in 1998. Uh, what, uh-huh. what exactly uh, turned your life around in that situation? Um, I guess it was jail. <laughs> <laughs> I think jail woke me up. You know, I got in there and, it, and uh, you know, it separated me from the drugs and all that stuff and, and it gave me at that moment of clarity that I needed and and, uh, and I was you know I was kind of desperate I would have done anything at that point to get out of jail and I was offered uh, rehab and um, so of course I, I you know I jumped on it and it was initially just to get out of jail but once I got in there you know I, I realized that um, you know I didn't want to go back to where I had been so, you know, I just sort of focused everything on moving forward, and and, uh, and I just soaked up as much as I could while I was in there, and, and, you know, luckily it stuck. You know, it doesn't stick for everybody, but um, I don't know. The end of the 90s for me was horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, I was still playing music the whole way through up until like a week before I went to jail, but, uh, you know, just the whole drug thing, it just totally got just got the best of me and, and got out of hand and I had no no control over it and, and um so, you know, it was just a blessing in disguise that I that I was arrested when I was and, and 
you know, just the timing was perfect. Well, it's absolutely, you know, great to see. And it's always great to see people being forthright with uh, with kind of what happened and reading kind of your story. Uh, I think it's something that, that's similar, especially among uh, your genre of music uh, from that era. I mean, you, you hear that a lot. It's uh, not uh, what is more rare is that somebody like you comes out the other end and on, on the good end of things. And that's what's important about that. And I want to talk about kind of that genre of music. I mean, you guys, your first album came out in 81, uh, but in 85 with Midnight Dynamite and then Blow My Fuse in 88, that's when the band really kind of reached its peak uh, critically and amongst fans. I mean, wh- how what... Is, is it a testament to that style of music that you guys are still able to come out and, and, and play that kind of music these days? And all the bands that are going to be at M3, you've got, you know, the Stephen Pierce's, the Vince Neal's, Fester Pussycats. What, is that just a testament to how fans love that kind of music that you guys made? Well, um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, you know... It's kind of like the, the way history works in music is things sort of, they, they always come back around. But, you know, as time goes on, there's so much more, you know, that has happened. Like when I was a, a teenager, there was only like the 50s, <laughs> you know, the 50s and the 60s. And then, then uh, you know, and then the 70s came along. But now you got, you know, all these decades of music. and, and uh, But, you know, I, I think... It did go away for a while, you know, during the nineties, mm. and and um, I, I don't know why. Like when it came back, like when we when we first got together, that this resurgence happened with the eighties thing, and it that that kind of amazes me that it has stuck around since then. Like I thought, oh, it's going to be this temporary resurgence, you know, like everything. But um, there was there was something there's something about it. It it it's. Uh, it just keeps on going, which is crazy. But then, but then you know, then then you look at uh, like all these cruises that they have these days, and they still have. I mean, they're still like uh, like the other genres of music uh, that are still going. Like for the old, you know, the the oldies crowd, <laughs> which you know we're kind of getting there <laughs> with this kind of music. Never, <laughs> but. But you know, you got like the Moody Blues tour and all that, and and, and uh, so there's little pockets of that around. But I, the '80s, I don't know why it seems so much bigger. You know, absolutely. And, and I don't know what I don't know what why that is really. Well, uh, I wanted to ask you this, Brian, before you go, uh, because I've been a big fan of yours. I'm just actually about your age, so. Uh, uh, when your band came out, uh, your style of music to me reminded me so much of ACDC. Um, I was just wondering, I mean, did was there any kind of influence from them at all with your style? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, in fact, when we started, you know, we, we did mostly covers at the beginning back in the late 70s. And, uh, and, and there was kind of like that that period of time the end of the 70s you know like disco was fading out and uh, but punk rock and new wave was coming in but we were a rock band so we were having a hard time finding rock songs to cover at that point I mean there were still some there was like Cheap Trick and and bands like that but I remember uh, a friend of ours kept talking about ACDC and we hadn't heard of ACDC at that point and one one uh, 
one night we were playing at this club and he took us out we were on our break and he took us out to his band and he stuck in ACDC and we were like wow what is this and immediately it just sort of struck something with us and, and I remember going out and I think it was the Left Every Rock record or something I went out and bought that and and brought it to, to the band rehearsal the next day and we just went through that record and we started it picking out songs, oh, let's do this one, let's do this one, and we just ended up learning pretty much that whole record and, and stuck it in our set. And and the funny thing was, a lot of, you know, a lot of our fans hadn't, there were people in that area hadn't really heard of ACDC either. Yeah. So when we started playing, when we started playing it, they thought it, they thought they were our songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But, Incredible. Yeah, well, the cool thing is, once we started playing those songs, they're so simple and straight ahead, and it just fit us like a glove. It was perfect for for our sound, and, and you know, so there's, you know, of course, it was going to influence how how Donnie wrote his songs, and it just, you know, it, it was just it, was, it it taught us how how to just keep it simple, and and uh, you know, it, it just it, you sound so much tighter when it's that you know that simple. Uh, absolutely the case and uh definitely hear the the influence in, in in the kicks music and it's just something that's timeless stuff you'll always hear uh probably probably till the end of time i at least i hope it will it will in my world so uh but <laughs> there's a, another band of course brian that you're involved in but we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you about rhino bucket uh, a band that i've actually seen live here in kansas city five six years ago uh, really enjoyed that really enjoy rhino buckets another straight ahead kind of acdc influence sounding uh rock band I love Rhino Bucket. Love the soundtrack work you've done for things like Wayne's World. What is uh, what's on the horizon for Rhino Bucket? I think you guys are even playing a show with with Kicks this summer. Is that correct? Right in May, actually. Yeah, two, yeah. Two shows. Um, yeah, Rhino Bucket. Speaking of ACDC, yeah, they're they're even closer to ACDC. Right. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, yeah, we we've, uh, we've put together. We've got a pile of songs right now. We're just trying to find a time. Frame to, to go in and record some uh, record another record, so that's probably going to come in the next month or two. Awesome! And, uh, and, then, and then we have those shows which came up. It was so funny because uh, uh, I had done some shows. This was probably 2006. I did a, a little run with Rhino Bucket that sort of ended up on the East Coast, and we so we did a, a few kick shows. Well while the band was in town and we opened up for kick. So I'd do Rhino Bucket and then I'd, I'd run back and into the dressing room and I think Ronnie's band played in between and then I'd, I'd change and I'd go back out and do kicks at the end of the night. <laughs> and I, I remember after doing that thinking, man, I'm never going to do that again. That was just <laughs> too much. And then all of a sudden this comes up this year and I'm like, oh man. I mean, we, we have done the cruise together, kicks and Rhino Bucket, but it's always... You know the cruise is spread out over yeah. like four or five nights, so you you know one one night I'll play with Kicks and then the next afternoon I'll do Rhino Bucket. You know, so it's not back to back like that. Abs- that you know, and look forward to all that. Look forward to uh, setting sail with you guys on the Monsters of Rock cruise. I know Paul and I are going to try to make that happen. Uh, going to look for you guys out on the road this summer. Kicks, just one of my favorite bands, and that goes for Paul here too. Both of us, yeah. just huge fans. So we're going to be looking to catch up with you guys, Brian. It's just such a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up and uh, be able to say hi in person on the road out there somewhere in the stratosphere this summer, my man. Yeah, 
Thank you so much. Yeah, Brian. well, definitely, definitely come up and introduce yourself and remind me that I had talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yes, we'll do, Brian. Thanks so much. Uh, take care, my man. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. Thank you.